Hey, how's it going? My name is Stephen Marks and welcome to the Spirit and Truth podcast. My purpose with all of these teachings is to equip you with the word of God and help you understand your authority, your power, your victory and mission as a believer in Jesus Christ. So you go from glory to glory and victory to victory by the power of Holy Spirit who lives in you. So enjoy, God bless and let's get our generation saved. Good morning, podcast number one. Um, I'm very, very excited for this first episode. I think it's been a like a long time coming. Um, but yeah, I think it's only appropriate. I really wanted to dive into first about um, knowing him. Like that's going to be our first podcast. Um, if you're taking notes, write that down. Do you know him? Um, I think the reality is there's a lot of Christians that um, believe in Jesus and they have absolutely no idea who he really is, what he really intends for you. Um, they are constantly coming up with trying to justify their own beliefs, trying to justify their own feelings, their experiences, their thoughts and emotions way before they even look in the word of God. And that's my first point that I want to make. Number one, like if you're taking notes, number one. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you've experienced. The only thing that I care about is what the Word of God says. You see, you've got to purpose it in your heart that the Word of God is above and beyond anything and everything that might have or could have or will have happened in your life. You see, if you've, you've got something different happening in your life, to what the Word of God says, it means your life is wrong and it needs to come into agreement with the Word of God and it means the Word of God is absolutely right. You see, God doesn't change. I can give you five verses right now of the fact that God doesn't lie and that He doesn't change. You've got Numbers 23 verse 19. Go over look at it. You've got Malachi 3 verse 6. You've got Hebrews uh, 13 verse 8. You've got Hebrews, ooh, what is it, 4 verse... 16 or 18, I think, Titus 1 verse 2, um, James 1 verse 17, like all of those. Sorry, I'm a little bit rusty there. But um, five verses right there, God doesn't change. So if he was willing and able, he is willing and able. If he was those things, he's still going to be those things. If he was Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, then he's still Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. All right, so I've got like nine points that I want to make really quickly of who is the Lord? Like, who who are we actually serving? Because it's not like, oh, you all know this. You know, how many of you know that this is what the Bible says? No, I'm telling you what the Word of God actually says so you can purpose it in your heart and make it change your life. You see, when you get this in your spirit, it changes everything. Nothing stays the same when you see the Word of God say something. It needs to become revelation in your spirit. And next thing you know, it's going to flip things around in your life. So point number one, God wants you free. All right. God wants you free. And I've got a couple verses. They're also just coming to me right now. So I'm going to try and make this as short and smooth as I can. Um, if you want to turn with me, go to Luke 4. Luke 4 verse 18. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He's sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives or freedom to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, so healing, and set at liberty or to make the um to make free those who are oppressed. That's a demonic um 
a demonic word, like when you get oppressed by a demon, you're not possessed, but you're oppressed. It means you're affected, you're controlled, you're under the compulsion of a demon. And don't write that off. Like this is a deep thing, yes, but don't write off the demonic. It's like in this Western world, people are so busy trying to explain away the demonic when actually it's like, where do you think they went? Demons haven't gone anywhere. They're still around. Like they're still messing with people. They're probably messing with someone like that you meet every single day. They're, they're messing with you. You've got to understand this, that the devil hates you with everything in him. His purpose in life is to steal, kill and destroy everything in your life, everything that affects your life, everything that's good in your life, he's coming to destroy it. And God wants you free. He does, right? It is his will that he wants everyone to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. You don't believe me? Go read 2 Timothy. I think it's 2 Timothy like 2 verse 3 and 4. Go read it. It's, all, it's Paul speaking about how God, it's a good thing. God wants everyone to be saved. He wants everyone to come to the knowledge of the truth. Whether or not everyone actually receives that is a different story. And that's why we're preaching. That's why we're teaching. So point one, he wants everyone free. One, that's how Jesus' ministry started. And if God doesn't change, then he's still like that. And two, go read Galatians 5 verse 1 with me. Right? This is good. Oh, thank you, Lord. Galatians, go eat popcorn. Galatians 5 verse 1. It says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. You've got to get it in your spirit that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. 2,000 years ago, he set us free. Done. Nothing we can do about it. It happened. Whether or not we actually accept that is where our walk with the Lord starts. We've got to accept the freedom that he bought us. We've got to accept the free gift of grace that empowers us out of sin. We've got to accept the fact that he delivered us from the domain of darkness and into the kingdom of his beloved son. In other words, you are in the kingdom of God now. So point one, he wants you free. Point two, um, he wants to open his good treasury. You see, when you become a believer, a lot of people think that it's like, okay, now I've received all the faith, you know, that I ever can possibly have. Now I've received all the blessings I ever possibly can have. And they're only going to come into effect when I die. And, you know, I just really have to try and not do bad things for some reason, but I don't really know why. And, you know... Uh, hallelujah, I'm going to heaven. Like, no, don't be an idiot. Literally, the word salvation means that you are, um, you're, it's, salvation means delivered from sin and its consequences. Consequences is an add-on at the end, meaning that's eternity. But we're delivered from sin now in this life. Romans 6 verse 14 says that we are to let sin no longer have dominion over us. You've got to understand it. Sin is a spirit. It is a spiritual issue in people's life. A lot of times people can be struggling with the same sin constantly and not knowing well. They're just like under control or under compulsion of this sin. And it's a spiritual issue. 
You've got to get revelation of the fact that Jesus has given you dominion. It's given you power. He's given you control over that sin that you can actually speak to it and say, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Pornography, you'll never come back against me. I receive my freedom. I receive my deliverance and I no longer submit to you. I break you in the name of Jesus. I purpose it in my spirit now to be the person that changes things in my generation. I don't care if this was something that was in my grandfather, my great grandfather, my father. I don't care if it's in my family. I'm changing it now because Jesus isn't limited to the physical. He operates in the spirit and I change things by my faith. That's exactly right. That's how you receive salvation by faith, not by works, by faith, right? But you don't just hear the word of God. You actually do the word of God. That's what his word says. That when you do his word, when you act upon his word, you will be blessed. Your actions, your purposes will be blessed. The word of God says so. Go read James 1 verse 19 to 25. It's all about being a doer of the word of God. Joshua 1 verse uh, 2 to 9. Go read it. Get the word of God in front of you. Meditate on it day and night. Keep it before you all the time. Then you will have good success. Then you will make your way prosperous. You have to put in the purpose behind your relationship and walk with the Lord for him to be able to push blessing behind you. You think about it like a relationship, right? Unless you actually spend time getting to know one another, to fall in love with one another emotionally, to understand how to communicate with one another, to press in with those little things that mean so much. When you do that, then you have a marriage that's on fire. Then you have incredible sex and an awesome time honoring the Lord within marriage. But if you do things out of whack, it's very difficult for you to say, oh, you know, um, I really just know that. When we had sex outside of marriage, it was just such a blessing. No, you're stupid. You're lost. If that's how you operate, you're never going to be able to walk in the blessing that God intended for you. And I'm not condemning anyone. I'm just saying you've got to look at the reality of the situation and you've got to take authority over your life and purpose it in yourself to walk in what God intended for you. Right. So that was point two. He wants to open your good treasury. Oh, flip. I gave you like no scripture. All right. Go with me to Malachi. Uh, 8 verse 10. Although um, that one's all about finances. So I'm going to be doing a recording on that. So I'm actually, skip point two. Um, you just got some free stuff there. Um, he wants truth and righteousness. Go with me to 1 Timothy 2. 1 Timothy 2. Ah, excuse me. Verse 3. Ah, oh, good. This is what I was just talking about. All right, this is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That is what God wants. He wants truth. He wants righteousness because he is truth and he is righteousness. Why can I say that? Because John 17, 17 says that God's word is truth. John 1 verse 1 literally says the word of God was with God and was God. Then John 1 verse 14 says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. So the word is Jesus. And the word is truth. Therefore, Jesus is truth. Therefore, the Bible is the one and only unchangeable truth because it is Jesus and it lasts forever. That's why 
prophecies might pass away, tongues might pass away, but the word of God endures forever. It lasts an eternity. So good. So, so good. All right, point four, Matthew, let's go with me to Matthew uh, 8 verse 3. This is good right now, and I'm probably going to open a bucket of worms because of it. And you're going to get that one church lady is going to be like, no, you're absolutely wrong. And that's okay. I'm just reading you the word of God. Verse, uh, let me read you verse 1, 2, 3. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go on your way. Show yourself to the priests and offer the gifts of Moses commanded you for a proof to them. All right. My point with this is that God is willing and able to heal. If he was willing and able over here, he still is willing and able. Don't get overcomplicated by strange doctrine that tries to explain away things. Stick to the word of God. If it says it in God's word, start expecting it. Start praying for it. Start pressing and start receiving it now in your life. That's the only thing that matters. Don't listen to what some Charlie is saying about the gifts of cease. Or don't listen to some Charlie who's saying some strange things about the word of God. Just listen to what the word of God actually says. Don't listen to someone's opinion. Uh, this includes me. Read the Bible. Read the Bible for yourself and have the nuts to actually receive what it says. It's not time to be soft. It's not time to worry about other people's feelings. Jesus never worried about other people's feelings. He never did. Literally, when everyone was like, nope, we can't actually do this, Jesus. We're not going to follow you anymore. He turned to his disciples and said, do you want to leave as well? Go. He's not concerned about flipping you know, some dude getting upset. He doesn't care. Think about the rich young ruler turned around. He was sorrowful and went away. Jesus didn't go behind him. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. Please don't leave our church. No, he didn't do that. He just said, listen, it's going to be tough for these people who put other things ahead of me. You've got to put Christ first in your life. You've got to seek him first, his kingdom and his righteousness. You have to have him before your face the whole time. You have to press in. You have to want him more than life itself. And when that happens, you're going to see the power of God come into your life. It's so good. All right. He was willing and able to heal. So I'm going to press into that. Number two, he's anointed to heal as in it's his purpose to heal. Think about it. The first thing I started with, uh, Luke 4, verse 18 and 19, literally says that he's here to heal the blind. He's here to give sight to the blind. That's his purpose. Then you think about Acts 10, verse 38, which says how God anointed him or gave power in his presence to him to go around doing good and healing all oppressed by the devil. That was his purpose. The Holy Spirit empowers an individual to heal all oppressed by the devil. That's Jesus' job. And who lives in you? The Spirit of Jesus or the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead. That's the Holy Spirit. He dwells in you. Go read, uh, uh, what is it? Romans 8 verse 11. Go read it. It's right there. It's in the book. It's in the Bible. The most reliable document in history. The Bible says so, therefore it is, regardless of what's happening in your life. Receive it now. 
He's anointed to heal all oppressed by the devil. So who are the people that need pe- need healing? People that are oppressed by the devil. So here's another point. The devil oppresses people to the point that they need healing. What does that mean? Sickness and disease is of the devil. Is of the devil. And I'm, I'm, I'm serious. It's not like, oh, the Lord's teaching me something through scoliosis. No. If that's the case, then why was, why, whenever Jesus was healing, did he never check with Father and say, hey, Father, I know you're probably teaching this leper to be patient or something, so I don't want to get in the way of what you're teaching. I'm just going to let you keep teaching him so that he can keep suffering on the side here. No, he said, I am willing, be healed, because it's not God's intent that you be crippled, that you be bound by Satan. Let's read Luke Luke 13. Literally, Jesus said, is it not right that this daughter of Abraham, in other words, a believer, this believer is bound by Satan. And I came to loose her. I came to bring freedom. I came to bring healing. That's what Jesus came for. And he's still doing that today. His Holy Spirit lives in you, lives in me, and it's still available for all of us. All right. Another point. I don't even know what point I'm on now. It's got to be like six or seven. Uh, here we go. He guides and he teaches me and you, right? Go with me to John 16. These are a lot of little nuggets, right? So you might have to really write these down and look at them. Here we go. He guides and he teaches me. Look at this. John 16, verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he comes, sorry, for, yeah, for he Oh my goodness. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. Deep. Firstly, Holy Spirit is not a dove. A lot of people get that confused. He's a he. He's a person. He has, he has feelings. He has thoughts. He has emotions. You don't believe me? Go and read. What are the fruits of the spirit? Spirit, not the fruits of you or me, fruits of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's his characteristics. That's his personality. That's who he is, right? The spirit of truth, not of lies. It's the truth. So what will it agree with? The word of God. Why? Because John 17, 17 says the word is truth. Therefore, the spirit of truth or the spirit of the word. Think about it. The Old Testament, it says the word of the Lord came to me saying that's Holy Spirit, right? Think about this. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth or he will guide you into all the word for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Who's speaking to him? Father. Why do we know that? Think about the creation story. It says, and God said, let there be light. So father spoke. Who are the words? Jesus, because it says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God, right? Jesus is the word, the bang, the power to create is the power of Holy Spirit. That's the power of God. So that's why you have Holy Spirit living in you. You have the power of God living inside of you. You've got to be able to receive that and walk in that to see things change in your life. 
right? So this is my point. He guides us and he teaches us. So here, he will guide you into all truth for he not speak in his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak to you. He will declare to you things that are to come. That means futuristic. That means wisdom, the gift of wisdom. He will declare things to you that are to come. That's deep. That are to come. It means we should constantly be in a state of dependency of the Holy Spirit saying, Father, or saying, uh, Holy Spirit, what do you say about the next week, next month, next year? What am I doing now? What am I preparing now for you to lead me in to, to, to get souls, to get people saved, to heal? What are you doing? What do you want me to be doing now that I can be preparing for you to exalt me then? How can I humble myself now so that you can exalt me then? How can I prepare now so that I can receive the rain on time? Farmers spend ages preparing and preparing their fields and getting ready for when the rain comes. That's what we should be doing as well. That's how we, we ought to live. Right, and we're constantly guided by the Holy Spirit. You don't just say, "Hey, y'all, um, you know, I'm really just trying to see what the Lord's going to say about this, that, and the other." That's not just a nice thing you put on the end of some sentence to sound super spiritual. That's not. If that is what you're doing, you clearly don't know Holy Spirit. Right? When you ask, He answers. That's what His Word says. Go read Psalm 91, verse 14 to the end. It literally says, "When I call, He answers." Bang. In other words, you should come before the Father and say, Lord, what is happening? Little small voice speaks to you and you know what you're doing. He's an action-oriented God. He's not a long, progressive-oriented God. Yes, there are times and seasons, but there's answers immediately. There's communion immediately. The Spirit of God is living in you. You no longer exist. Literally, it says you were bought with a price. It says, I was crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So you need to stop being considered of what you think should happen or what you think, you know, is the right thing to do. Who gives a rat about what we think? No one. The only thing that matters is what Father thinks. And the way we can hear that is from Holy Spirit because it says he doesn't speak on his own authority. He hears from Father. He'll speak to me. What, why does that matter? Because the Spirit is outside of time and space and matter. It's outside. So that means that he can guide me in the things that are to come because he can see all of that stuff. He can help shift us in the right possible way so that every single thing that we're doing in our life as we honor the Lord, we walk in the perfect, pleasing, good will of the Lord. You might say, oh, how can we learn the perfect will of God? We're actually called to learn the perfect will of God and you can learn the perfect will of God. It's not a hard thing. It's not a super spiritual thing. It's simple. It's instruction. Go read Romans 12, verse 1, 2. 1 and 2. Literally talks all about don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be renewed by the transforming of your mind so that you'll be able to discern the testing, perfect, pleasing will of God. That is what we're after. Learning the perfect will of God. So that's how he guides us. Now go with me to 1 John 2, 27. Oh, this is good. This is so good. Thank you, Jesus. All right. First John 
2 verse 27. It says, the anointing or the power and presence of God that you received from Jesus abides in you. Meaning it doesn't leave. It remains. It dwells. It stays in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it, the anointing, has taught you, abide in him. There you go. You don't need me. You don't need your pastor. You don't need anybody to teach you. You only need the Holy Spirit to teach you. He should be teaching you more than me. He should be teaching you more than your pastor. He should be teaching you more than your father. He should be teaching you more than anybody else in your life. And if he's not, then you need to up the level of expectancy that you have for him to teach you. It's not a condemning message. It's a correcting message. It's saying, hey, we need to buck up with what we're doing. We have truth. We have the word of God. We need to be guided in it. We need to be taught it. It needs to be getting in our spirit. It needs to be becoming revelation in our spirit. Not just in our mind like, oh, let me know the word of God. No, in your spirit. It's a totally different thing. You see, your mind, your will and emotions is your soul. Your spirit is the new creation. It says, now that we are in Christ, we are in the spirit of God, we are a new creation or a new species, right? It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So what does that mean? It means now our spirit has the power of God inside of it. Bang. What does that mean? We can now make our soul obedient, our mind, will, and emotions obedient to the spirit which has the mind, will, and purposes of God. And as a result of that, we've cleaned the inside of the cup by the power of God. And the outside of the cup cleanses itself, as Jesus says. So what we'll find is our actions, our thoughts, our desires, our hopes, our decisions, our everything changes and becomes in line with the Spirit. And then we start walking in what Galatians 5 is talking about. When we walk by the Spirit, we don't gratify the desires of the flesh. When we live by the Spirit, we're renewed. When we're guided by the Spirit, we don't have issues of the flesh. What a joy. What a blessing. Right. So he guides and he teaches me. I'm going to leave it there for today, give you 25 minutes of intense truth and teaching. Um, and I just pray that it blessed, blessed you. Let me pray right now, actually, uh, and then we can, we can call it a day. But thanks so much, and welcome to the Spirit and Truth podcast. Like This is our first one, and I feel like we've gotten off to a great start. So praise God. Oh, Father, I thank you so much for every person who hears this. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, it becomes truth and revelation in their spirit. Lord, I pray you bless them in Jesus' name that every single thing they go into today, they would listen to the still small voice that, they, that you would guide them in all truth, all wisdom, and all understanding. Thank you, Lord, that you do not change, that you did speak, you still speaking, and you will speak, that you did heal, you still heal, and you will heal, that you are the same forever and ever. Father, I give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you all so much. God bless and see you soon. Oh, tell someone about Jesus today. Tell them Jesus loves them.